1: To speak over the king. It is another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. I'm Nikki Dakota, your host, and I'm joined in the studio today by the amazingly talented artist. In fact, he's a storyboard artist for the Coen brothers for the last 20 years and counting, and many other movies that we all know and love. He's also our pal. He's J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd, welcome.
0: Oh, oh, thank you very much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And on your radio, right from the Library of Congress, in fact, the Nitrate Film Archivist of the Library of Congress, our man of the Library of Congress, he's George Williman George. Welcome i am just a hug a hug of birded love. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think we can get an amen on that. Wow. We uh what a what a what a what
2: occasion. a
1: Way on down. Yeah, we uh we have quite <laughs> a movie uh in front of us today. I um It's more than a movie. It's it an is an experience. It's an
2: event. It is a historical document of uh, our lifetime. Oh yeah.
1: There's no question about it. <laughs> The man ruled the world. He changed history. He changed the, the way molecules are, are arranged on the planet. The man, for at least a small time, yeah. could affect the weather. He certainly with a affected record sales. We can thrust. say that. Yep. Yeah.
2: He affected record sales, hair gel sales, <laughs> uh, uh, peanut butter banana sales. You know, I
1: mean,
0: now, But, you know, going. I tell you, all the caricatures we're used to dealing with, with Mr. Elvis Presley, fall through yep, the melt the, away. the cracks because this movie, this movie is the perfect representation of Elvis Presley and I like to say this is the second arc in his life as a performer. This is top of the arc. Mm-hmm. His first arc being like between 55 and 58 when he literally changed the record business and the music business uh, as we know it. And then he kind of floundered in these Hobby Wallace creations uh which we still love to watch. Right, uh, um, GI Blues. Yes, yeah, yeah. spin Clam Clambake. Clambake. Yeah. That was really at the cool. World Fun. Fair. Yeah. But what happens is that stuff all peters out, and then he does his 69 comeback special, and then he's back in form, and this movie captures it all right for us to see it.
1: Yeah. I don't think we've actually said the official title. Right, yet. the title
2: it's... is Elvis. That's the way it is.
0: Now, don't be uh, don't be fooled by cheap creations. There is an imposter floating around there, uh, and I'm talking about the DVD imposter, right? Which
1: I was yeah. suckered into buying. I was yeah.
0: too. I was too, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, this is good. And yeah, then well, George, so. Point, he pointed this out that this is the real copy. You're looking at something that has been changed and altered to the point if I was the director I would have said
2: hey what are you doing with my movie here guys? Quickly right.
1: tell us the difference from the, the original.
2: Is, well the the movie was designed as a documentary concert uh, by this director named Dennis Saunders uh, who passed away in 1987 and um, it uh, it basically follows Elvis's appearance at the international hotel in las vegas where he was he performed for a long time in the early 70s and um not only does it have the concert itself which is the last half of the film, film um it also has the setup of the concert and interviews with the people working at the hotel and interviews with the fans and the people going to the concert and all sorts of backstage footage and all sorts of other interesting el- bits of elvisiana <laughs> that, that oh, great and work. that's what makes the film valuable? Yes, the concert stuff is great because you get to see this man, this icon, at the top of his form. And yes, he is beginning to wear the the uh, the jumpsuits he became so famous for. But he looks great he in these jumpsuits. He looks fantastic. He's, he's sharp. sharp. He's,
0: he's on the mark. He's Watch him arrange music right before your very eyes. Watch him arrange singers. Watch him arrange musicians. Fantastic. The guy is just nothing but a musician, man. You watch him, they say he's a singer, he's like all this. Well, let me tell you, this cliche of a cliche of a cliche that he has become is in this movie, the king of rock and roll. That's
1: right. Well, something that we need to get to, actually, before we go on any further into this perfect greatness is the fact that this rule has passed the most stringent of stringent tests, and that is the...
0: This, I'm sorry. Didn't
2: mean to step on you.
1: (laughs) You know what, if you'd like to just go ahead let us know those rules, won't you? Uh,
0: this movie is a perfect movie because it creates the world it exists
2: in. And it wholly sustains that Elvis world.
0: And regardless of changes in society, Elvis world retains its meaning and entertainment value in 1970. And
2: Elvis will never be placed in a preferential or numerical order. <laughs> he is perfect in his own scale. he is beyond
0: any numerical order. He is
1: Elvis. <laughs> He is. He was the king. Yeah. This is a really lovely glimpse into that. And, and so we didn't quite complete saying that the difference between this right. original. Well,
2: this is what happens. The film comes out, of course, and it's this wonderful depiction of not only Elvis, but also the world that surrounds him and the fans and everything. Um, but there was a lot of, as, as with most documentaries of this type, you know, when Dennis Saunders was shooting it, he shot the whole concert. He probably shot several concerts, actually, to get the best parts. So there's all these rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls of Non- unused concert footage They're just sitting on the shelves at MGM Or wherever they've been stored And a couple years ago Some people um, at, I guess at Warner Brothers now Because I think that's who put the DVD out Decided to Recreate the film Go back and re-edit the whole thing Take out all the Quote documentary footage All the talking heads, all the fans Remove all that stuff And just make it a concert film which in itself is fine. I mean, it's great to have an example of a complete Elvis concert on film. There's no problem with that. The problem is is that they presented it to the public as Elvis, that's the way it is. That's the why I bought it. Film. Now, is it's there any film. way that we
1: can tell? Like, if you see one in a store, how can you tell by well, looking? Well, until
2: recently, I mean, what I did, I mean, I was, like, really upset because, <laughs> you know, I found out <laughs> there was all this wonderful stuff. And as, as, a, as a sort of an archivist and historian, I'm always interested in, the, you know, the... the the whys and wherefores, but um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, Settle
1: down, boys.
2: <laughs> put that away. And um, <laughs> it, it, the trailer, they included the trailer on this DVD, and this in, the is trailer, really cool. in the trailer, there's yeah. all these little talking head bits, and I suddenly realized there's something going on, I do a little research, turns out, I find out it's been altered. So I go on onto eBay <laughs> and find the laser disc that was put out back about ten years ago.
1: Oh, you and got it. You the last Laser
2: Disc and I had to wait and wait and wait until one showed up on, on eBay and got the Laserdisc and and it was a revelation to see this movie the way it was meant to be. Because it is, like I said, it's this document you know, not only of the man, but of the world that surrounds but, him, which is you know, every bit is important. It's part of what made him Elvis. Even though it's it's
0: all about Elvis, this film is a film unto itself, the way it's cut, the way it's laid out, the way you see him doing rehearsals at old EMGM Studios, which is now Sony Studios. You see them. Uh, it's really fascinating. He's got these beautiful little cuts of Elvis getting ready to go on. You see all the people around him taking tickets. You even see one cut and I'm pretty sure that it's Colonel Tom Parker passing out these stupid campaign hats. Yeah, straw say, hats to
1: say Elvis only on them. he would do that. <laughs>
0: they show the um the head waiter very proud of his job and he's very dignified and he's saying, Yes, we must do this to make sure it's perfect for Elvis and then and then they go and they talk well, to fans who have yeah, this glazed look in their eye. Oh yes, I'm this kind of fan, she's this kind of fan. Then they have a little cat and yeah. this this is a different kind of Elvis fan yeah. and this let's is dead serious stuff. Let's,
2: uh, let's rev up the projector there. Is that over <laughs> there by that power yeah,
1: saw? Is that yeah. projector oh, over wait, there by that, that power there saw? There we go. We got a little little something there. He puts so much into his show, and the, the audience responds. The young lady across the table from us wasn't really a Presley fan, and when it was over, she said, you could just feel the love in the room. We create all the reservations that come in for the Elvis Presley show, and they're driving us crazy. The phone rings continually.
2: My daughter went to the movie. I went to see the show Tuesday night, and she got kissed by Elvis, and she hasn't washed her face since. <laughs> now you
0: know that woman; she's like sixty-some years old now, and she refuses to wash that space on You're her face. To this and day. there's this really super terrible staph infection, but it's it's um, it's it's Elvis. It's staph actually in infection. the shape of Elvis's lips. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she so will, a little... she's, she's a hoot at the bar down the street when she's talking about. It, but try not to look at it too long. That's right. all.
1: I want to know who decided to take all that wonderful richness out. Who was it? That I do not did know. That? I know
2: the, the the gentleman who was in charge of the project is this buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> was this fellow named named Rick Schmidlin who uh, headed up the the, uh, the reconstruction of, of Orson Welles's um, Touch of Evil several years ago. And, which is an amazing project in itself, which we'll talk about someday. But, but he's also gotten into these kind of odd projects of, like, you know, doing a, a sci- kind of a restoration of London After Midnight, which is a film that no longer exists, so it's all been reconstructed in stills. And the eight hour mm. version of Eric von Stroheim's Greed, which is mostly reconstructed with stills. So I don't know if he just felt that, you know, all this work he'd done had been given, gives him kind of the, the right to go ahead and rebuild this movie. And like I said, it's fine to make it a concert film. But don't call it Elvis. That's the way it is. Because that's not the way it is. (laughs) Honestly,
0: it's it's just form follows function for Elvis Presley. If they can make more money, they will make more money. If they can put one past you and put three songs on an album with two songs that you haven't heard before. It was the same way when they were repackaging his records over and over again. It's mm -hmm. the, the people that were still handling him are still handling him in this movie. It's obvious, because you've been tricked again. But only the pure Elvis aficionado will go seeking for this movie because it is so good. And it's lit by Lucien Bauer, this famous cinematographer. Right, the, the cinematographer who did The Wild Bunch absolutely shot this movie. Absolutely beautiful cinematography for a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. When you watch this, it looks like the people that are talking, even the woman with the
2: uh, Elvis... Thing, they look, it looks like yesterday. Oh, yeah, the film it. has been very well cared for, which, which makes it even more enjoyable because not only does it become you know a, a time capsule of, of Elvis, but it becomes a time capsule of 1970 yeah. and what we looked like and what we and dressed And if you can like, remember, if
0: you grew like. up in that era and you were an Elvis fan, um, these memories will come back on you pretty darn quick watching this movie because it looks just like that era. And the, the best part is seeing Elvis alive and sharp... And doing what he does best Even in his rehearsals When he's singing out parts He's he's perfect when he's doing that work It's just Elvis as we know him And the greatest guitar One of the greatest guitar world, uh, in the world uh, James Burton James Burton is on there with his Paisley guitar Looking every bit of a great guitar player he is Many, many years later He still plays just as good But he started with Ricky Nelson And that's where Elvis had found him And he played with Jerry Lee Lewis And all those guys from the... Fifties uh, and listen to when they're rehearsing, you can hear his little licks in there. And Elvis is waiting for him. Yeah. He looks over there and he's waiting for that James Burton lick. It's all there on that movie. And, and it was, it,
2: what's really neat is to see how Elvis worked with his people because he never talks down to them. Uh, he, you know, he uh, treats all the the backup singers and musicians and just you know, it's like they're one family and you see that he's not condescending to them or talking Yeah even down if
1: he has like a strong feeling about how he wants things to go or wants them to start mm-hmm. again it's actually it's really I was enlightened to see the way he masterfully rehearsed a band you know it's pretty I mean, amazing
0: how he put that stuff together and and those guys obviously he's hand picked those guys cuz he's comfortable with them yeah. and the, and the the singers what were their names george the uh,
2: The Sweet Sensations They were great and mm-hmm. he goes
0: he points to him and they have this marvelous curtain of sound of female mm-hmm. voices and, uh, and then he, you could just see him he just arranges them like furniture, and I mean, not that they, you know, <laughs> he their
1: sound. That's right. Yeah. Just like
2: that's right. They're the most beautiful end tables you've
1: ever, <laughs> you've ever seen. Hey, we're talking about Elvis. That's the way it is. The original nineteen seventy version of this documentary film. But I mean, really, when you say documentary film, uh, the the notion of film really does apply here. It is lovely. It is well done. It is uh, a nice tale. And I'm, and actually, just the more I think about it, the more it makes me mad that they took out all of the talking heads and well, the, the, the all of the earth
0: um with some implements
2: and destruction to find these people. good. Well, actually right. he must have done some good because just recently Warner Brothers has put out a new DVD, a two disc DVD of this film.
1: Can you trade in the one you accidentally I, bought no. thinking it was the other thing? You
2: can call Warner Video and <laughs> yeah. see if they'll do it, but yeah, yeah it does have well, Bud uh, kept It saying. does have the the reconstruction, the the all concert version on disc 1 and then sort of begrudgingly on disc 2 they have the original 1970 version. But they couldn't <laughs> leave it alone.
1: They oh, went no. and they added,
2: they found more material and they added some more material to it just because they didn't think that it could be just presented as it was. They had to add more. And of course, this is a really bad thing that's they happening. They to
1: ask us. We can tell them. Well, yeah.
2: Bud
0: get he came back and he says, I took care of one of those brothers. I'm still finding the other guy. What's was <laughs> those Warner brothers. I'm still looking for him for you boys. Where are they? <laughs> he
2: has good heart
1: yeah he does he but yes and if
2: nothing else is at least <laughs> nice that that a, a semblance of the original 1970 version is still out there available to be seen
1: yeah all right so, so. well it's good to know a uh, perfect movie without question uh and um I uh, originally saw it on PBS, if you can believe it. Uh, the PB, uh, PBS station. Uh, it's an
0: educational film. It
1: was, and I was. I, I remember I wasn't planning to watch it. I was just like skipping by, you know, back in the time before remotes, or it wasn't really such a time, um, or something. I was at the television and accidentally got. T- to that, and I thought, well, look at this. Sat down and watched the whole thing, and then when I saw it for sale, mm-hmm. bought it, and...
2: Uh, well, and it's really interesting. I mean, growing up, I was not really an Elvis fan. I mean, I knew who he was, so I didn't go out of my way to find his music or, or watch his films or anything like that. But it wasn't until I saw the... the sort of the precursor to this, the 68 comeback special. which I think it's 68. 68. And it's absolutely, an, again, amazing piece of video, which thankfully does survive. And you see this man you know, who'd just been in these just terrible movies there at the end, uh just coming back to life as a performer.
1: Vital as a singer.
0: And he has Scotty Moore with him then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because uh, it was originally Elvis, Scotty and Bill. Bill mm-hmm. Black, the bass player. It was those three. And uh he captures some of that and then he continues on with this. But I think this yeah. is where it all kind of stops as far as uh, uh, putting it down for the record.
2: Yeah, I don't think there. There might be some other stuff. I think maybe the, the Hawaiian special comes after this film, uh, which is also an in- interesting look into him. But but then it was like kind of the downhill. He was down.
1: Yeah, began. he was becoming bloated, wasn't he by that point?
2: Yeah, and that's if you see the, another movie, which is almost as good as this one, called This Is Elvis, which is a documentary that David Wolper made after Elvis passed away. Um, unfortunately, some of the really sad footage has been removed at the request of the presley family when he's old and he's fat and he's forgetting his lines uh that has actually it may have been put back in because again they have put out a new version of that <laughs> on dvd uh i don't know though haven't seen it
1: interesting that they would take it out at that request i mean i, I guess it seems respectful but also i mean there's a certain we all certainly invested in that man you know mm-hmm. i mean uh interesting well, i mean you had to
0: it's like a good when you start really analyzing history you had to look at it from the history's perspective not from your perspective and that's one of the ways you can get into this movie is by it takes you into that perspective of that time period and uh, then you start understanding why he was such a great performer and why he was such a good singer and uh, it's all there you you suddenly realize uh, that all this all these things that people want Elvis to be or want them him, him to be in their life it really doesn't matter when you watch how it was and most of the people, interestingly enough in this movie, you'll see people getting really upset mostly halfway through the show but at the end of the show when they're drawing the curtains down, uh, you can see the crowd in this huge place in Las Vegas and they're not They're very polite. They're not screaming all over the (laughs) place. They're not screaming,
1: crying anymore. But
0: you can hear him perform like he's he's not been able to perform in years. Uh, One Night With You is my personal favorite on this because he hits it dead on, very much the way it was when it was a hit in in the late 50s. And that is Elvis performing that song. Uh, When you watch this movie... He really gets a chance to be a performer again instead of um, uh, one of those guys in those movies. Viva Las Vegas! Yes.
1: <laughs> He's Elvis
0: Presley, not the actor guy. Yeah.
1: Right. It's almost a shame that he had such natural acting ability, you know? Almost a shame. Yeah, you know, it, it is.
2: It, and a lot of it, I mean, uh, you can kind of put, I mean, I don't know. Put a lot of the blame maybe on his his Sven character that was always following him around the Colonel, the, the Colonel. Colonel, who kind of you know managed his his um, uh, career for so many years. That man is my personal hero.
0: Is that right? No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. you know, I, hey, you gotta admit. I mean, that's one of <laughs> the lures of
0: Elvis Presley is what Colonel Tom you know made him do. They said he could hypnotize. Elvis you know oh
1: really sort of like rubbing the under chin of a crocodile to uh... a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah.
0: documented <laughs> the colonel like grabbing by the elbow and looking at his eyes and they said that Elvis was <laughs> <laughs> hypnotized
1: <laughs> wow
2: well look at some of those movies you'd have to go through some of those in a trance to get through them I think
1: <laughs> But it is nice to see him doing what he truly does best. You see all these great best. people in the
0: audience, like Cary Grant, and then the owner of the theater. He's got to come with his like Superman cape, yeah, <laughs> not to be uh, you know upstage by Elvis Presley. He's there greeting all his famous people, and they they've got this cut intermittently throughout the film. And he's mm-hmm. sitting there with his, his <laughs> like uh, what was the father Jarell Superman yeah, Jor-El. costume. <laughs> Hey. Hi, and I am the owner of, and I am so pleased to see you. And Charo comes up and coochie coochies, yeah. and
1: oh my gosh, well, and, and where as is we're she? Saying,
2: The one other thing this is really great is that it shows Vegas in 1970. Vegas, there's a Vegas
0: beautiful no montage over yeah. one of his songs, the old Vegas, and it's.
2: Beautiful color shot with, and little, it really
1: doesn't exist anymore. They've blown up they've blown and knocked up down many of those yeah, buildings. I don't even know
2: if the international hotel even exists. You know, yeah. there's that great marquee out front with the big Elvis letters that are like a hundred feet high. Yeah. and they shows them putting those letters up.
1: You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> We're talking about Elvis. That's the way it is. The 1970 film that uh, the original, and also, I mean, I don't know how to, to help caution people. But maybe with this reissue, it won't be such a, such an issue. But well, I can, uh, I can
2: tell you this: for those of you who are interested in finding this film on DVD, there are there's two different versions out. There's one called the Special Edition. It's a single disc version. Don't buy Warner that. Warner Brothers. That is the one. Is if if you only want the Elvis music, that's the concert. Okay. If you want the actual film, the one that we are talking about today, you need to find the two disc DVD that has just come out, and it says Elvis in big letters across the bottom half of the front, and it's got a picture up at the top. And it's, you know, two-disc, that's the way it
0: is. Also, there's one thing you want to look at in this film is is his boys. All his Memphis Mafia is there. Oh, yeah, Lamar yeah, yeah. Fike. And they uh, tell us what the Mafia And there's Moss, one really yeah. cool scene where they say, they go to Esposito and they say, you got the demos, you know? <laughs> he goes through all these rooms and they're plastered with Elvis... Posters, Elvis, this, Elvis, that, and he goes through another door, and it's it's more Elvis paraphernalia, and he just keeps going through this like get smart, dun, 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 and through all these doors, <laughs> and he goes in there, and he goes over to this bar, this counter, and he picks up these two demos, and he walks out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his one of his main
1: men. Uh, Explain the Memphis Mafia because it was a it was a group of boys that yeah, basically that. protected him.
0: Red West, um, Sunny West, So uh, brothers that were uh, Lamar Fike. Uh, these were all people that he collected with him. And you know, supposedly Lamar Fike, every time he would finish uh, a, a take in a record, he
2: would stand up and say, "It's a hit." <laughs> <laughs> they were his They were his. Um, his minions. Yeah. And it, was and it po-
1: wasn't minions. really maybe so much protection as it was like maybe they support were friends. Yeah, they were and pals. They friends. Were them. Joe they Esposito
0: were... was like one of his main men. And who is that writer I was asking about earlier, George, before we were on? Uh, Peter Gralnick. He has two wonderful books that just really you want, want to pick up. They're Last Train to Memphis, and I can't remember what the other one was. But they're both by Joe Gralnick. And Peter these Gralnick. characters become – Really fascinating characters when he writes about them. And they're all in this movie. They're there. Him and uh, Joe Esposito are riding a bicycle for two, which they auction off to the Elvis uh, yeah. fan club in Germany. Germany. <laughs> it's, it's his buddies. They're all there. Red, Sonny West, Lamar Pike is really great. And the musicians that he played with for years, they're all there. And
2: and I must say that you know, now that I've gotten more interested in Elvis, and uh, a few years ago my wife and I actually went down to Memphis and went through Graceland and saw you know, the Elvis world that's out behind there. Oh, sure. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You get very a real small. appreciation.
1: It's very small. I was yeah. s- struck by how small it is, only because you'd think, because his sort of mythology is so large. Yeah. You would expect this palatial well, estate. Well, this is
2: also sort of a, a country boy's idea of luxury. Yeah. You know this big this
1: in the room with the three TVs. I remember that. Yeah. Another thing, uh,
0: you gospel fans out there might want to look for. It's the Imperials with Russ Taft, and they're his backup singers. Um, usually, he used the Blackwood Brothers, uh, with some of those guys, but in this movie, it's. The Imperials, just as they were in the early '70s when they were doing all their big contemporary Christian gospel hits, and they're sitting there, and it's a really great way he's telling them their arrangements. Uh, well,
2: that's what always another thing I've always found interesting about Elvis is that so many families, mothers and fathers, and you know, and Doctor Wortham and people like that, thought Elvis was just sin on a platter. I mean, he was the, the you know the the, the horror of Babylon or something like that coming out <laughs> of the record. Um, when actually, if you look at most of his performances that are recorded, he's always got a gospel group backing him up. Oh, the Jordanaires yeah, how about always. that, yeah. The Jordanaires or the Imperials. I know.
1: wouldn't know about the Jordanaires if it weren't for Elvis. Yeah, and they Not were very popular on their
2: own. But but you know, it's, it's funny to see him like on Ed Sullivan Show with these four. <laughs> These four older guys; these guys were like, you know, in their mid forties, he and he's in his early twenties. And,
0: and, and, and it's rumored that guy. he would sing with these guys till four and five in the morning, you know. And
1: yep. Yeah, it was a way of life. Supposedly was... they were
0: they were tired. They had done just two shows, and they didn't want to say, "No, Elvis, I'm too tired. I can't sing. Uh, just a closer walk with V again tonight till <laughs> five in the morning." <laughs> Which,
1: Are you going to say no to the king no. well, and, I don't think Come on no. boys,
0: we can we can do it one more <laughs> I mean, time. It's right? also
2: very interesting that I believe the only Grammy he received while he was alive was for a gospel album.
1: Oh, is that right? Interesting. That almost shows buy as well. Goralnek,
2: I think I pronounced it right. Goralnek, yeah.
1: And I know
0: if you're out there, Mr. Grownack, you told me this. And I I remember you said that if you thought Elvis – if Elvis were around now and he had not died, you thought that he would be a gospel singer. He would have shaken off all this, what people wanted him to be. And uh, Peter Grownack seemed to think that Elvis would have become a major gospel singer on his own strictly because he thought that that was – the only thing that led to his sanity in his life was his, was his gospel it music. It did seem
1: to comfort and him. And I thought and- a lot
0: about that comment. I thought... That would he probably be aging and singing gospel music if that's what would have brought him the happiness that he was seeking in his lifetime. It makes perfect sense. Uh,
1: and he was dead within seven years of this, so yeah. I mean, certainly there was a lot of the story left to tell, but it really, in the time, in the in the scope of things, was not that long.
2: And It always kind of makes me wish that I was a big Elvis fan because he played Ohio. Yeah,
1: a lot. he played Troy, he Ohio, played. Hobart Arena. Yeah. Uh, he never played internationally. Tom, uh, Colonel, no, you know why? Because <laughs> Colonel Tom
0: Parker was an illegal alien that's why Plus, he wanted to he d-
1: paid the most that he could possibly ever pay on his uh, income taxes he never asked for any money back and that was also sort of like almost considered to be kind of like are a you talking about colonel money. tom or elvis elvis oh, okay. elvis he never filed he paid all the taxes in it and never right. filed a return to ask for any of it back a very very interesting story uh, to say the least let's talk about the rules rule number one it creates the world
2: there. Oh yeah, I mean that the world is real in this film, pretty much as far as Elvis world. It's right. Elvis world. In fact, that's <laughs> what
1: they say in the movie. It's yeah. it's Elvis. <laughs> it world. sustains it. Oh and, yeah, and, and particularly with the addition of the fans and the and the and the See, that's just it. I, I would say
2: it. of the two films, only the original version is perfect because it maintains absolutely all parts of Elvis world. If the you other film is a
0: fake. <laughs> it's a fake. <laughs>
2: It's a cabal, I tell you. It's an <laughs> imposter.
1: <laughs> Do not be fooled. Except they're oh trying Andy. to trick
0: you and make you think different mm-hmm, things mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. that other film. Mm-hmm. It's a fake. <laughs>
1: right. So, and uh, I think that this will have relevance and entertainment value despite any cultural changes. He uh, holds a place in uh, in our. Uh, the you can
0: take that little pantheon. train back to 1970 and kind of uh, experience it with this movie. Yeah.
2: Put on your polyester and your big hair, and mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and
0: and, and stammer and have your eyes kind of blink a little bit and say Elvis, he was he was just more than I can tell you about
1: More than I can. People yeah. still come from all over the world to visit Graceland and to and dress like him and yep. still are hanging out there Truly a perfect movie in every way. 1970s Elvis That's the Way It Is. Gentlemen what a lot of fun and in my book You're Both Kings. Anything for the next, uh, next time around? Any tip of the hand here?
0: Oh I can't get that book out
1: <laughs> you gotta listen. Find us online. I hope you will at npr.org. We're on iTunes. You can find us, of course, at perfectmovie.net. Right to the film guys. Film guys at perfectmovie.net. Uh, film guys. It's been great. See you next time.
2: The film guys have left the building.